Welcome to this episode of the Connection Podcast. Today we interview a member of Springfield Third Ward, Reagan Crook. I've known Reagan Crook for several years. She's a recent convert to the church, and she has a wonderful conversion story that she gets into during this episode. We also get into a heated debate about fried chicken and which is superior in the fast food world. And then lastly, if you're looking at the title here, we do get into the conversation about her dad being her brother. If you want to skip forward to that, it's around the hour and 15 minute mark. It's another great episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. Welcome to the Connection Podcast. We're happy to be here with you today. We have our special guest, and she is a special guest, um, Reagan Crook. Hello. And then we have returning for the first time, Hillary Edmeyer. Welcome, Hillary. Hey, thank you. Who is holding somebody there? Mm-hmm. She has a baby with her. Who's who's with you? We've got little Raylin. We got Reagan's youngest little baby. She's four months now. Yep, yeah. four months. You're so big, huh? Awesome. Welcome, Raylin. Maybe we'll get some baby audio uh, before the end, so that would be great. And then we have Camille Keister. Hi. Awesome. Your fifth time on here, something like that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, you keep getting invited. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah. here and I show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, unsurprisingly, we were talking before the show about food. Um, one of our favorite topics, probably the favorite topic. <laughs> and our discussion was centered around the temple that's coming and the fact that when a temple comes, there's a Chick-fil-A, right? That's pretty yep. much a given. So my my question is, what is your favorite place to get fried chicken? Let's let's go, Reagan. Raising Cane's. Okay, why Raisin Cane? Tell us a little bit about Raisin Cane's. Uh, so it is a Louisiana company. Um, that's where it started in Baton Rouge. And they only serve chicken fingers, fries, coleslaw, toast, and then there's sauce. And so it's a very uh, limited menu, but you just pick how many fingers you want. So pretty much how hungry you are. And it's just amazing. Like, <laughs> it tastes so good. Um I worked there for four years, so it was a great place to work. And there's a bit of a segue there because that has something to do with your your marriage, your faith journey. Just it all starts with fried chicken, yes. pretty much. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, I worked there for two years, and I was working on becoming promoted to a shift manager. And what they do uh, when you're going to go into training for shift managers, you are sent to a different restaurant. That way it gets you out of your comfort zone. So I was sent to one that was 30 minutes away. And you're there for, I think, two months, which is a pretty long time to work 40 hours around a crew you don't know. But I started becoming friends with the crew, which is what they kind of want you to do. And that is where I met Josh. He was a crew member. I was in charge of making the chart for where people were either in drive-thru kitchen etc and i always would place josh near me because i wanted to talk to him so he was so he told that story he was right yes about he that. was right okay confirmed but i did not tell him that until we were married <laughs> <laughs> he said he suspected 
because it was always near me on my shifts. But oh. yeah, I didn't confirm it until we were already married. Oh, that's so good. I think we're going to get into that some more. <laughs> but let Hillary, what is your favorite place to get fried chicken from? You know, I feel like it's going to be cliche, but Chick-fil-A. I'm a Chick-fil-A girl. I will say we had the Raising Canes when we lived in Texas, and we only went like once. And I don't know if it was just a bad day, but I, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but it just, I don't know. I don't remember that much about it. I just remember being like, Chick-fil-A is better. So, so it's really funny. <laughs> I've worked at Chick-fil-A too. Okay. I worked at Chick-fil-A That's for a total awesome. of four years as well. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't stand raising canes for the longest time. Oh, funny. And then okay. I started working there and I was like, I gotta like this place. I have to like their sauce. I couldn't stand it. And so I just would get it every single day, and eventually I fell in love with it. Oh, that's so, so funny. Maybe that's, that's what so you funny. need. That's true. Just need to. I still love Chick Fil A though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, see, Hillary, one thing I know about you is you have a goal or a word for the year. You know, maybe that's your goal for this year is to there like right now. Yeah. That's true. That's that's true. That can be know, yes. Kind of Trump trumps everything yeah. pretty much. <laughs> I, I don't think you even need to worry about considering anything else. You that's just true. yeah 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 just go for it. Yep. Yeah. Camille, what's your favorite place um well i used to be a faithful chick-fil-a lover because that's like what was available but i've had other places like um zaxby's and popeyes and i've had raisin canes once and i wish i've i had the opportunity to have them more but reagan makes some really good like homemade raisin canes and hers was really good i think i like their sauce better than Chick-fil-A sauce. I've never been like a big yes. fan of like mayo sauces for chicken, but um, I'd have to say Zaxby's like over Chick-fil-A, I think. People Zaxby's are, is good. Yeah, people um, are religious about Raisin Cane sauce for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But yeah, with Zaxby's, I would go because they do have a short, me- like a not very big menu and like their seasonings are a little better than or different, I should say, than Chick-fil-A. Zaxby's has really good salads. Yeah. yeah. Really good wings. Yeah. I like Zaxby's. I agree. And then Popeye's, they're red beans and rice. Yes. I like it's Popeye's really sides. They're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to admit, it sounds like I'm going to get on the Chick-fil-A hate here. And, you know, to be <laughs> to be clear, I eat, I eat Chick-fil-A like once a week. So, um, yeah, definitely like Chick-fil-A. Enjoy it. But Zaxby's is probably it for me. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know what that company is. But if you've lived in the South or around the South, like Zaxby's is every other block pretty much. And it has some, I just like how they spice their chicken. Yes. Um, it's very seasoned. It's just so good. It, it hits just right. So Yeah, there Zaxby's. is one somewhere in Utah. There might be a few more now. But I remember we hit one up when we were there kind of by... I don't even know. Bountiful. Maybe not Bountiful. Tipinogos Temple, I think somewhere around there. If you're ever in the area. Yeah. <laughs> you have to try all of them. <laughs> yeah, you do have just so you know for yourself. <laughs> well, let's let's get into the episode here. So, Reagan, you're a listener to the show, friend of the show. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so you know how we start most episodes. We want you to pretend that you're joining a new ward and you got called to give a talk and you're introducing your family and go. All right. Well, my name is Reagan and I have been a member for six years now. I have three kids, Donovan, who is five, starting kindergarten this year. 
Gabriel, who's three, and he is going to preschool. And then Raylan, who is four months. I am married to Josh Crook, who everyone should know because he's been on and off of this podcast. Um, I've lived in Springfield for four years now. We moved here February of the crazy snowstorm in 2019. That was my first snow experience uh, from Louisiana. And I love it here so far. And yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So let's let's dive in. I I had some questions for you initially because you did convert to the church recently. And we heard a little bit about the the meat story with Josh. But I, I just want to talk more about your faith background growing up, uh, the process of joining the church and, you know, building on that. Yeah. So I was raised Methodist and was baptized in the Methodist church when I was eight, which thinking back on now is kind of funny because that's when we get baptized in our church. Uh, But I uh, didn't really go to church. You know, I was one of those people where you go on Christmas and go on Easter and you know, you don't go every Sunday. You don't do anything else until I turned 14. I'm not sure why I brought it up to my grandparents and said, hey, we should start going to church. I just did. And so we found a little United Methodist Church and just started going there every Sunday. I started going to Sunday school. I joined the youth group. I became super involved in church. We would do volunteering trips during the summer, and my grandparents would go every Sunday, and it just became a normal routine thing for us. But with, I don't know, for some reason as a youth in the Methodist church, I didn't, my old youth pastor is probably going to say something to me if he listens to this, but I didn't really soak up anything. I didn't learn anything. I had questions and I would ask the questions and then I would just hear, well, it just is. Or go read the scripture and figure it out. Or, oh, we don't question that. You just kind of get used to it. And so none of my questions ever got answered. And when I went off to college, I went church shopping, as they say in the South. And I went to all different churches, a Catholic church, um, Baptist, non-denominational, you name it. And I went there on Sunday and I just could never find anything that I fit in and enjoyed. And so then I just stopped going. I was like, okay, well, not meant to be. I don't have time for this. I'm in school. And so I think probably six years went by before I went to church again, except on, of course, Christmas and Easter. And that is when Josh and I started dating. We were driving one day, and he just also looks at me and says, you should come to church with me on Sunday. And I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't even ask where. I didn't ask any questions. I said, okay, yeah, what time? He's like, 9 a.m. I'm like, Okay, well, I work till 5 a.m. that morning, but I can do that. Sure, I'll be there. And later I found out that he was actually inactive, and <laughs> it was not him asking me that. It was the spirit. So it was perfect. But I, I go on throughout the week, 
that Saturday, I went and got my tongue pierced. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what I was doing. Don't know why I did this. And then went to church that next morning with only like an hour of sleep. And it was fast testimony meeting in a very small branch with about 15 people. And the next youngest besides me and Josh were probably 40. So it was an older branch and they're up there talking and I have no idea what they're saying, but I liked it. And then we went home. (laughs) (laughs) And then I asked Josh, oh, could I meet with the sister missionaries? Don't remember asking that, but according to him, I did that day. And I read the whole old gospel principles book in a week. Oh, wow. And started meeting with the system missionaries, and I got baptized two months later. So May, six years ago, was when I was baptized. Something about that fast testimony meeting stuck out to me. I remember not understanding everything that was said. I remember thinking the hymns were way too slow. (laughs) (laughs) I had to go dress shopping because Josh was like, well, you wear a dress or a skirt. And I'm like, well, I don't own any of that. And so I went dress shopping and I wore long sleeves to cover up my tattoos because I didn't want them showing. Yeah. So I think having the Methodist background definitely helped because there are a lot of similarities and being able to recognize maybe a little bit of the spirit or knowing, hey, this feels good, helps me want to join. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to feel that as well. And part of it, I think, is also spirits like, Reagan, you got to join because then Josh is going to come back to church. And so, you know, that was kind of a segue for that. I think I answered all your questions. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I've i got so many more, though. So the first thing was, I I think that, I think I learned this phrase back at BYU-Idaho. It was a, a teacher for a class called Religions of the World. I don't know if they still teach that, but it, I really enjoyed that course. And, and one thing, one concept the professor talked about was what he called religious envy, Meaning that even though we accept and love the truth that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in our church, it doesn't mean that we can't appreciate the amount of, you know, time and attention that, you know, the Catholic Church gives to Holy Week or, you know, that we don't um, appreciate, you know, Ramadan, for example, and other kind of things that other religions do and, you know, the the beauty in other religions and beliefs. Um, some of the, you know, meditation principles that we learned from Zen Buddhism, things like that. So I I really liked that concept. Were there any things from, you know, your faith background that you really enjoyed that you kind of brought with you to to, you know, the church? So I remember always participating in Lent and, you know, giving up something for those 40 days. I haven't done it since I've been a member, but I always have recognized it and I've kind of wanted to because in high school, I would always give up soda. 
And nope. <laughs> now I know I, I was the frankiest person those 40 days. But it was funny thinking back because I don't know if this has, is anything in religion. I don't know if this is like doctrine or not, but I felt like on Sundays I was allowed to drink soda. Yeah. Oh, interesting. During Lent. And even though I didn't drink it the other six days of the week. And so I would just not drink it. And then on that Sunday, I would spend all day drinking soda. <laughs> and I'm like, what is even the purpose in this? Um, but yeah, I think Lent is the one of the main ones that I notice at least more now as an adult and giving something up. That's really the only one that we, at least growing up, that we did. I don't. I don't think there was any other like tradition or anything that besides obvious ones we celebrate. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a that's a beautiful tradition though in Lent, and I I know a lot of friends and colleagues that participate in that, and you know just the dedication it takes to give something up for that period of time. You know, I mm-hmm. think there's a lot you can learn from that. I it, so going more into your conversion to the to the gospel to the church, what principles? Uh, or things really stood out when you were learning more about the church that that fascinated you, maybe that revealed more truth to you as you started learning more about them? So one of the main things, this is actually one of the main reasons why I wanted to get baptized, was learning about the temple and learning about baptisms for the dead. Because I think a week before I started going to church with Josh, my mom, who was always sick pretty much my whole life, she got diagnosed with ALS. And it was already pretty much towards the end of it. And so I was like, well, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have my mom. And she did not have a good background of anything. She did drugs a lot and just was not the best. And so, you know, I always worried about what would happen when she died because in Methodist, it's like, okay, well, you go to hell. You don't get to go to heaven. And that was always like, you know, scary to think, especially I was only 24 when I got baptized. And so when I heard about the temple and baptisms for the dead, because I knew she was going to die soon, I was like, oh, so if I get baptized... I can go to the temple and get baptized for her, even though she's dead? And Josh was like, yes. I was like, wait, it mentions that in 1 Corinthians? That's it in the Bible. I was like, why was I never taught this? And like, it was a huge, like, mind-blowing moment. I'm like, well, sign me up. Let's do this. How do I do this? And He's like, well, here we go. (laughs) And learning about all those different ordinances with the temple, um, it it helps me, especially with my mom, but then, you know, the rest of my family, knowing, okay, if they don't accept the gospel while they're alive, I can get baptized for them in proxy, and they can accept it, you know, when they're they're dead. I can't think of what it's the word for it. But yeah, so that was probably one of the main things that in my conversion story that I liked. Cool. Awesome. 
I, I also was curious of, you know, th there are certain things that are core, you know, principles or doctrine of the church. And then there's other what we'll call churchy things, <laughs> uh, more societal things that are just, you know, known to our faith tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, were there any, you know, social beliefs or, or other things that you found kind of interesting or challenging as you were converting to the church? So for challenging would have been, I mean, this isn't really a social cultural one, but the word of wisdom was very challenging for me. I drank coffee all the time. I worked really late at night and that's how I survived. And so once I learned about word of wisdom, I gave everything up except water and juice. I was like, if I drink energy drinks or if I drink soda, I'm going to be tempted to drink coffee or I'm going to be tempted to drink alcohol. And so I had to give it all up. And so I think word of the word of wisdom was super challenging, but I just dove all in because I, I had to, I knew what I could do. And I mean, it's still challenging now, especially being a mom of three. I'm like, Oh, I could go for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I am tired. I could go for a cup of coffee, but I have to remember, okay, let's do this Dr. Pepper instead. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that practicing Lent as a teenager helped you be ready for that? Honestly, I think so. And I would imagine so. With how much caffeine I drink now, I'm like, maybe <laughs> I should do my own version of Lent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any pushback from your family, like joining a new church or even friends? Like, did you have to dump your friends because they didn't have the same standards as you anymore? Or how was that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I lost every single one of my friends. Yeah. Um, because the thing we had in common was going out and partying. And so once I didn't want to do that anymore and my standards, you know, I didn't like that life anymore they didn't want to be my friend anymore and that was really difficult because some of them i was friends with for like five years mm -hmm. and that's that's a long time in early 20s and they all they deleted me off facebook they blocked me wouldn't even nothing wouldn't say hi to me in person so i had to make all new friends which you know was fine but my family, that was that was interesting because my grandma, she was a school teacher and all of her school teacher friends saw that I joined the Mormon church. <laughs> and so they had all these questions and they would go to my grandma and be like, well, does her boyfriend have other wives? And my grandma was like, well... I don't know. <laughs> and oh, no. then she would just, just the different questions that she had, because, you know, it's all the the things that they people think we believe in. They just, just had questions and didn't understand it. But then, like, Josh and I, we got married in our cultural hall in the ward where we lived. And my dad was asking my grandpa his dad why they were allowed to come into the cultural hall and it's because he googled about us and he was getting the cultural hall and chapel confused with the temple but instead of him coming mm -hmm. and asking me or josh 
or the 40 other members that were in that room, <laughs> he chose to ask my grandpa. And then they came to me and they're like, well, is that why we're not in the chapel right now for you to get married? Why are we in the cultural hall? I was like, well, thank you for asking. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all are t- thinking about the temple. This is not the temple. And so just little things like that, they still sometimes will have questions, but they're very, at least my grandparents who raised me are very open about it. They are very accepting. And if anything, it's made my grandpa continuing going to church. And then my grandma has even bought a Bible and is trying to read it. So, you know, it makes them open to religion a little bit more, seeing how it's done with me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to ask, like, culturally, like, coming into, like, the Church of Jesus Christ, I know there's, like, a lot of, like, weird things that we get flack for, like, you know, funeral potatoes and green jello and things like that. <laughs> With carrots in it for some reason. Well, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but was there anything like that that's more just, like, kind of, like, not necessarily doctrinally based, but more just, like, cultural about the church that was hard? Um or just weird. Or weird, yeah. <laughs> weird is a good word, yeah. <laughs> I remember the, like, and it's no pants. You know, wearing dresses mm-hmm. and wearing skirts, which is your Sunday best, but technically it's not doctrine because Sunday best could be your nice pair of jeans, you know, whatever. And I remember the no pants being difficult for me because that's all I wore. I didn't like dresses. I didn't like skirts. And it's actually really funny at my mom's baptism, my grandma wore pants, wore a nice pantsuit and turns around and is like, Josh, am I going to get kicked out because I'm wearing pants? And he goes, no, 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 no. We had to sign a waiver for you to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Josh. (laughs) So I think that was like really hard for me. Um, You know, I... I never experienced, you know, the funeral potatoes or the green jello because in the South, you just make your normal Southern food. So I don't think I ever really got to experience the normal culture stuff unless I just missed it out here. I, well, I think we have a, a our next social idea, <laughs> Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me all the cultural oh, stuff. Uh, the funeral cultural potatoes and <laughs> yummy jellos. Oh, Actually... <laughs> That could be fun. Mormon stereotypes potluck would be yeah, pretty fun. I think, <laughs> yes. If we do this, we need to do the scones that are not scones. They're that are the bis- Navajo fry bread yeah, with yeah. Like honey and strawberry. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That yeah. I mean, it's, Utah delicious. scones are yeah. basically donuts. They are. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But you say scones and people are like, oh, yeah, like English scones. Like, nope. <laughs> like the biscuit. That's kind. not it. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's funny. The thing I'm thinking of is just Hawaiian haystacks because I never heard of Hawaiian haystacks until I had. Yeah, is that a is that a Utah thing too? Do you know what those? No one knew what those were in my family or in the South or, and I was like, Josh, you've been home back on me. What is this? This is amazing. (laughs) I was like, this is a Mormon thing. Like that's funny, but it. No, I don't know if it is. Yeah, I did. I don't know where that came from either. But I don't. Know, we'll claim it. We didn't. You know, I didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, my parents didn't grow up in the church, and I didn't hear from the, about Hawaiian haystacks until like I had friends that 
you know, they grew up with that. And I Maybe was like, what on earth is this? And can feed a lot of kids. <laughs> probably. <Yeah. laughs> That's probably what it is. We'll have to get our fact checkers on that. Yes. Also, yes. we need to have fact checkers. Yes. <laughs> I think Josh has volunteered for that. I should tell him. He'd be a good one. Yeah. All right. So we've talked. We've dabbled in this a little bit, but, you know, friends, I think, played an important role in, you know, you coming into the church, too. I just wanted to know more about the importance of friends, you know, joining a new religion, um, kind of changing your life in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, like I said, I lost all of my friends pretty much um, when I joined, and Josh was the only person I knew in the church. And so we attended that small branch and we became friends with some people there. And then he introduced me to a pretty much family, but it was friend, um, some of his friends. It was his old past bishop. And so we would start going to their house on Sundays and we would have dinner, game nights, movie nights with them. And so they became really close people that I could talk to and kind of like have questions. I could go to them instead of just having to go to Josh. And so slowly I started building a, a friend group in the church, but everybody lives so far out in Louisiana. It was kind of just one of those things, oh, I'll see you on Sunday and that's it. There was no YSA ward. There was hardly even an institute that you could go to. So I uh, just became friends with people when I started working at Chick-fil-A. After I quit Raising Cane's, I went back to Chick-fil-A for a grand opening, and I made a lot of friends there that I'm actually still best friends with one of the girls that I uh, met through Chick-fil-A. And she she probably actually had a really big impact on me because she did not care about my what church I was a part of. Because a lot of times you mention, oh yeah, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. And they're like, I don't want to talk to you. She was like, oh, that's cool. And that was it. <laughs> like she didn't say anything else. Um, so having, you know, those people that support you is really nice. Especially, uh, you know, when you're trying to follow the word of wisdom and they don't even know what that is or they go against it they don't pressure you mm. they'll still you know invite you to go out to eat after work they don't exclude you just because you don't do the same things they do so yeah it, it's gotten easier as i've gotten older with kids i feel like before having kids it was kind of difficult because you know that's the scene yes but, I think that is hard for a lot of people or, you know, yeah. people who are single in the church. It can feel, you know, difficult to find your place. Definitely, you know, there's there's a vibe or, or a feel of us being a, a married family with kids, you know, type of church, um, which is not, you know, yeah. the, the single adults are the single largest growing population in the church. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask, reflecting on, you know, your conversion and, you know, now becoming integrated into the church, just how your experience has helped you and how you talk to people who are investigating or just starting out 
in the church or, you know, specifically how it's helped you in missionary work that you've done? I know you've been involved in that. Yeah. So I think the one big thing is just supporting them. And the best way to support them is if they decide to be baptized, show up, show up, introduce yourself. And if you're a convert, tell your story. Otherwise, you know, just congratulate them and say, you know, tell them something about you that can, and it doesn't have to be church related either, because a lot of times when you're first joining into the church, you don't know people and all they want to do is tell you about church. And it's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what that means. Or, you know, you don't understand you're already overwhelmed and you're like, no, 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 just, I want to know, you know, like what we, my favorite fast food restaurant is Raising Cane's. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, I see you have a blue water bottle. Oh, blue's my favorite color. Or, you know, just do something that can maybe connect you together. So, like, when I, an example, when I found out Hillary was moving here, I was like, oh, she's from Texas. She's moving into my best friend's house. I'm going to reach out to her. Probably the strangest <laughs> thing that Josh still makes fun of me for. Oh but now Hillary is my best friend. Well, so, <laughs> and then I remember, I was actually thinking about that this morning. But when, before we moved here, we were looking for daycare. And so I had sent messages through, I found the Facebook page and I sent messages to, um, I had sister Birdsall and she ended up sending out an email with my phone number and just said, <laughs> Hey, like, if you guys know of daycares, this family's moving in, they need help. And Reagan texted me and she was like, Hey, like, I have no idea about daycares, but I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Reagan. And, and yeah, it was awesome to like, know that there was somebody that I could reach out to and ask and was, but yeah, if you've always, I feel like you talked earlier about, um, you know, how your friends all kind of like split off when you joined the church and mm-hmm. trying to figure out friendship. But I feel like you are an instigator of friendship. Like you're always <laughs> the one to like send out the group text, like, hey, we're headed to the park, come meet up with us. Or this is what we're doing today. Anybody who wants to join us is welcome and things like that. So I, I don't know if that's something you've always done or if that's nope. something you've learned from those experiences. But I would say it's definitely – it's formed you into a pretty awesome person. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't always been that way. I used to be the shyest person you would ever meet. I would never say a word. My face would turn beet red. It's probably going to do that now because I'm talking about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> anytime I would say anything. And so it was actually a couple of years ago when I – I stopped inviting people to things for a while. I was like, I am tired of being the person that invites and I'm tired of everybody saying no and no one's showing up or they say yes and they don't. I'm like, I'm done. And I backed off for a couple of months and then they realized that I backed off and they're like, Hey, where have you been? I'm like, I was tired of instant, like doing it all. Like it just, I couldn't do it. And now that same group of friends knows Okay, if we don't check in with her occasionally too, she might might back off. And so I am I learned that I work best with just sending out a text and I'm like, I don't even care if you respond. I'm just putting it out there if you want to show up, you can show up. Otherwise, don't worry about it. But yeah, so I think for new people who are investigating not being scared to reach out, not being scared to just put yourself out there. And just be like, hey, 
our boys are the same age. Whenever you move here, I'd love to get to know you. And we actually, because they moved here in 2020. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually meet till like six months after she moved here. Yeah, at least. (laughs) It was at, I remember it because it was in in the parking lot of the church and we were having the cookie social. Oh, that's right. And you came up to me and I remember Alan Marchant laughing so hard because he heard the story (laughs) of how I just reached out to her randomly and making fun of me. I forgot about that. And I remember feeling so weird about talking to you in person for like months after that. I don't know why. That's so funny. And here we are. Oh, it's so funny. So yeah, I think just not being scared and trying to put something out there that you know, you might have in common and just showing up for them as well. And it doesn't, you know, they don't have to be the same age as you. They can be mm-hmm. younger or older and everybody has something in common. And I think one thing that you talked about too is like continuing to do that. Yes. Because I think it's very easy to like, oh, this person got baptized. Like, let's go say hi. Let's be their friend. Mm-hmm. But then a couple of weeks later, kind of like pittering off of that and yep. not keeping that up. So I think that that's another thing that your story kind of exemplifies is continuing to put forth the effort even Mm -hmm. regardless of like what uh benefit you might see from it yeah because that actually happened when i first joined the church everybody in the south knew the crook last name they knew the crook last name and then our friends the huckabees and between those two they're like everybody was like well reagan is a crook and Reagan is friends with the Huckabee. She's good. She doesn't mean, you know, they probably not weren't actually saying this or thinking this, but like she doesn't need the support. She's fine. She has these strong members. Mm-hmm. She's okay. But I'm like, no, I I still want support. I had questions. I didn't know what was going on. And then we move here and everybody knows the crooks. <laughs> and so it was it was nice after living here for a little while and then us becoming our own crook family instead of being associated with like all of Josh's family, which there's nothing wrong with, but like we're actually our own people now. And so I feel like as a convert, get a little bit more support that way now. Oh, that's great. Man, I love so many things about that conversation. I think I'm totally going to steal that phrase, the friendship instigator from Hillary. <laughs> um, that is that is amazing. And I'm going to definitely be encouraging people to become uh, friendship instigators. We need more of them in the world. Yeah, hey, we do. Hey. Yeah. You know, someone it, going on a little tangent here, someone I know a lot like that is, in our neighborhood is Jorge De Luna. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Jorge. If you actually listen to the podcast, I don't know. I know your <laughs> wife does. And, um <laughs> He was standing outside when I drove up, so I better tell him to listen today. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Shout he out. you talk to Jorge and, and you just see, you know, people in our neighborhood walk by. He knows their name and he knows, you know, something about their life. Um, he's probably visited with them in some way. And I, I think that's pretty cool and a good example to me. And, you know, I, I think that, like you're saying, Reagan, even if you're shy or naturally, you know, you just kind of – I like the word introverted better because I I think it more exemplifies how we feel about ourselves, a lot of us at least. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean you can't reach out to somebody randomly in kind of a courageous way like you did. You know, I I think for me even, I just started introducing myself to neighbors and, you know, it's been a way where I found 
uh, a couple of friends, like, honestly, I found a golf buddy just knocking on a neighbor's door and yeah. saying hi, and I just want to introduce myself. And he's a pastor at another church. He's probably not going to join the church anytime soon. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But you know what? I have a friend now, and I, I've seen a lot of actual church campaigns where instead of having a ward mission plan of, you know, X number of investigators and baptisms per year, they just have a neighborhood get to know you plan, you know, and yeah. a, a know every single person on your street, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's kind of cool. Like I've, I've kicked that idea around because I, I think it's a unique and interesting way to think about missionary work. Well, yeah, because that's why they call them friends now, because they're supposed to become your friend. You know, it, they're not investigators anymore. It's friends. And that's how we should view all of us. I mean, we're sisters and brothers. Why can't we also be friends? And, you know, like I was always an introvert. And then I finally just had to throw myself out there. And I would not call myself an introvert anymore. I I like to throw parties, apparently. <laughs> and apparently I'm good at it. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. And it's all because I put myself out there and out of that comfort zone. Cool. And I, I like what you said about you can be friends with people at different ages, too, because I think that's a trap we get into sometimes as we have to be friends with people who look like us, who have all the same interests as us. And and you, I mean, once you be, enter adulthood, it levels out. You yeah. know, I got friends that are 60, 70, and, you know, we, we chat, we laugh, we have a great time, you know, and I, I think everybody here has friends like that, that mm -hmm. are not necessarily in their age group or friend group, you know? So awesome. Well, I see Hillary here. Hillary, by the way, passed the mom test. She put Raylan to sleep <laughs> while we were talking. I did. So sweet girl. Now I get all the baby snuggles. So yep. I'm getting my reward for my effort. <laughs> you are. That is, that is an important reward. That's Absolutely. True. So kudos to you. Um, what questions did you have for Reagan? Yeah, so I feel like this kind of, I I think it could segue from what we were just talking about, but um, you talked about how you're most proud of your family and where you are today. So can you like expound a little bit on that? Like what, I, I mean, you should be proud of your effort to like be a friend and to um, help others, but what else are you proud about and proud of your family? And um, yeah. Um. So I also... Um, we were talking before, and my cousin, Sheree, I visited her while I was in Louisiana about a month ago. She's related to me on my mom's side. And we were just sitting there talking about where we're at. She has four daughters. She goes to church every Sunday. She's doing amazing. And we were like, you know, I am so proud of us. I am proud of us for breaking the mold. And the reason why we're proud of that is my mom was the youngest of six and her mom was the oldest of those six. And pretty much on that whole side of the family, they all did drugs. They all drank alcohol. They all messed up in some way. A lot of them came back, but a lot of them are still struggling out of our cousins. And you know, some of them didn't go to school, which is fine, but some went to school, some didn't graduate. It was just like they were falling in their parents' footsteps. And I was told growing up, 
do not do any drugs, do not do alcohol because it's in your DNA to fall into that, to fall into that addictive stage or lifestyle. And I made it like my life mission to not fall into that, you know, lifestyle. And Sheree did too, my cousin. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't follow the, the Conway mold. I didn't follow in my mother's footsteps and, you know, I wouldn't say ruin my life because they didn't ruin their lives. They all have done good stuff. But I went out and did my own things. I'm not still in Louisiana. You know, a lot of people in Louisiana, they stay. They don't they don't feel like they can move. And I have kids. I've graduated with a bachelor's degree, and I'm still going back for another one. And so I I feel like I'm really just proud of where I've came with the life I was given Mm. because I was raised by grandparents who later on adopted me and I never really saw my dad didn't have a good relationship with my mom until she died and so you know I wasn't really set up to I guess end up where I am I was set up more of following those same addictive behaviors because I didn't have those good role models, except for my grandparents. They, I, I wouldn't be here if they wouldn't have adopted me, if they wouldn't have taken me in when I was three. Because who knows? I probably would have been in foster care. Mm. And so, like we were talking about, I broke, I broke the mold. I, here I am raising children in the gospel, and none of them ever would have expected that. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, You mentioned your college experience, and you had told us earlier that that was something that you wish you could have a redo on. So why do you (laughs) want to redo college? I mean, you're going back to college. You kind of already are redoing college. Yes, I am. (laughs) So my I went to two different high schools. My first high school for freshman and sophomore year was an engineering school. And so instead of me taking like intro to science or something, I took an engineering science Oh wow! as a freshman in high school because I really wanted to be an engineer. My uncle, he's an engineer for Husqvarna. He's over, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but he's over creating things for the weed eaters and blowers. <laughs> and he has that job just by talking. He did, does not have a degree in engineering. And now he's like a head person. And so I was like, I want to be like Uncle Paul. That is awesome. And so this is where it gets my regret. (laughs) I started in biomedical engineering. And then I was told, you'll not be able to pass those classes. Mm -hmm. So I changed to biology, pre-med. I was like, I want to be a pediatrician. I could not pass chemistry. (laughs) And so I was like, well... I'm going to go and be a lab tech. I still cannot pass chemistry. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, let's do nursing. Nursing doesn't require chemistry for some reason. Um, Well, then I couldn't pass anatomy and physiology. (laughs) And so I was like, well, let's switch schools. We'll try the nursing program at this school. And I was like, okay, I got this. Well, I couldn't pass 
anatomy and physiology again. (laughs) At this point, I think I was on year four in school and I went year round. So I went in the summers. I did winter terms. I did spring terms literally year round. I think I only had like three weeks of no school. And so I was like, okay, well, I can't do nursing. Well, let's try secondary education, biology. Oh, wait, you have to have anatomy, physiology. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I still can't pass that. And so I was like, well, let's do secondary education, earth science. I was like, that one's cool. And I actually kept up with that one until I was being promoted to a shift manager at Cadence. I was like, I want to work full time. I like money. I'm going to go online. And so that's when I started doing school online, still secondary education, earth science. Well, then I could not pass the praxis, <laughs> which oh. you have to have to get your license in education. Yes. I was like, I just want to graduate. I'm on year, I think it was seven at that point. I was like, I'm on year seven of school. I just want to graduate. And so I swapped to general studies. Well, then my 14-year-old brother moved in with me. And I started dating Josh and I started going to church and I worked full time. And so I just like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I give up. And so I dropped out after seven years. And I think it ended up being like 12 majors in two different schools. Well, then I was pregnant with Donovan. I was like, I do not want to have this child and him know that mom could not finish school. So I was like, I'm going to finish school. And so I enrolled back in general studies again, took my last four credits in French. That's all I had left. (laughs) And I graduated college in 2018. There you go. When Donovan was six months old. There you go. I was like, I have to do this. And so everybody laughed, like my grandparents and Josh and all my friends that knew me during that time laughed when I said I was going back to school. They're like, you did seven years. Didn't you get enough? I was like, yeah. You got to get <laughs> I the I want to go back. <laughs> yeah. Got to say you finished. Yeah. yeah. And here I am going back for another bachelor's degree. Look at your perseverance. <laughs> I love that. That's I was really going to cool. say, what did you learn about yourself in that whole process? Other than you can't pass anatomy and physiology. <laughs> you can't pass it yet. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yet. yet. See, that's Power the thing. Yet. I think I was too young. I... I know I'm not going to pressure my kids to immediately go to college. I think that was part of it is I spent too much trying to figure out who I was, trying to meet friends and party and date. And I didn't care about school. I was like, no, I'm on my own now. I don't want to study. I don't want to do any of that. I want to go over here. And so I definitely learned that I did not have self-control in my early 20s. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I can totally relate to that. I, I honestly am so grateful that young men in particular are encouraged to go on a mission. Yes. You know, because I would have been a C student, I think, mm-hmm. if I went straight from high school to college, just yeah. being honest. You know? That's such a good point. I mean, like, there's the freshman 15, like for a reason, right? Yep. That whole learning self-control. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, something my grandparents say they wish they would have pushed more for me to go to a community college before they sent me off to a four-year college Mm -hmm. and that I would have lived at home. And I feel like that would have helped a little bit because I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to study. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
apparently I want to do science and I still love science, but I can't pass any of that stuff. (laughs) I barely passed an at and phys at a community college. So, (laughs) (laughs) What, What strengths did you see come out in yourself during those seven years? Um, I definitely learned how to multi multitask because I was always working. And so I had to learn how to study in a car, um, listening to things. And I would study on my work breaks and things like that. So multitasking, I had to be very organized because I had so much going on because if I wasn't, I wouldn't have made it to class which I didn't most of the time anyways, but I wanted to make it. And probably thinking and praying a little bit more about changing majors before actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. No, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that's a moment you can go back on, though, as you get older and progress through life, that that you know that you do have that perseverance and, mm-hmm. and will to get through something and, it's it's super strange because I I think those moments are so frustrating when we're going through them, yes. uh, you know, at the time. And, um, you know, I I remember actually, I'd, I'd, you know, had some pretty decent success just going back to high school, even in track and some good seasons. But the one I remember and value the most is where I got fat and I got injured. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I really had to pull myself out of it throughout that that season. And um you know, never had as good a time as I would in other years and things like that. But I just, I remember having the will to pull through something that was difficult. And, um, you know, it's, it's something I look back on. And I think for you, this is one thing you can look back on. And the next challenge comes up and you say, it, it might take a while, but I'm going to get through it, you know? Yeah, I learned with going to school now, I'm, I'm taking max six-hour credits, so just two classes. I'm like, I'm going to give me a very small load of school, and I'm like, I don't care if it takes me five years to get through this bachelor's degree. I am going to just do these two classes, and I'm making A's in them. And so I make sure everything is perfect before I turn it in because I'm like, I'm not getting anything less than an A. And, you know that's kind of a thing that can set me up for failure, but I didn't have that perspective when I went to college before. I'm like, Oh, if I get a C, that's fine. I'm like, no, I have all those general courses from that time onto this degree that were C's. And I'm like, I have to make A's if I want to make a higher GPA for this degree. Uh, and so I'm like, Nope, nothing less than an A. I'd be curious to see what current version Reagan does in Annette and Fizz. I know. I want to know. <laughs> I have been so tempted to take that class just to see. I'm like, maybe I could be a pediatrician, but. <laughs> oh, you absolutely could. I don't could. know if I could afford med school. <laughs> That's the part where I may give you some advice about whether to do that or not. But <laughs> I'll talk to Camille. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely could, though. You absolutely could. Speaking of Camille, I think she's a little jealous of the baby cuddles right now. I'm sorry about that. Well, yeah, you don't want to wake a sleeping baby. It's yeah. true. It's cardinal rule. No, but um, yeah, we haven't had baby energy in here in a while. So yeah, speaking yeah. of babies, you wrote on here that you had three very different pregnancies, like with um, experiences and mental health and body reacted differently. And physically. yeah, tell us about that. 
Um, so with Donovan, I actually didn't find out I was pregnant until I was 12 weeks along. Um, because I had no, no signs or anything until I started getting nauseous and stuff being around Chick-fil-A's breakfast food. <laughs> Which was a big deal because I worked 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift. And so I was around the breakfast food all the time and I could not sit there and be nauseous. So well, it was it was only the breakfast food though. It was only the sausage. Oh, that was weird. interesting. That was it. Okay. Just okay. every sausage. time I opened up the sausage tray. <laughs> Which what was else? so sad because I loved eating their sausage biscuits for breakfast, and I couldn't eat them anymore. But I so probably crazy. still couldn't eat them. I for, for, I was yeah. that way with spaghetti sauce. Yeah, and, when, you st- and we still <laughs> don't have spaghetti. <laughs> we still don't. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, Let me I tell have you, we do not the... have spaghetti in this house. <laughs> it's been a while, and like since I think it was I was pregnant with Owen, and for some reason I made it one time, and it just I just mm-hmm. couldn't stand the smell. Oh my god! And I haven't really made it since. Oh, it so sounds... Josh doesn't eat spaghetti, so we don't really have spaghetti either. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. you and Josh should hang out more. <laughs> I'll make spaghetti. For well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I worked at Chick Fil A those long hours. I think I worked fifty hours a week in the kitchen, and because I have tattoos, that franchise owner made you wear long sleeves, no matter if you're in the kitchen or not, to cover them up. And so I'm in all black, long sleeves, working in a kitchen, pregnant. And so I ended up getting a job at a bank instead so I could sit down. And that ended up making my legs and ankles and feet swell like crazy because I was not walking. I was sitting down, eating whatever I wanted because we weren't super busy. And so I ended up having to go on bed rest for, I think, two months. Yeah, two months before I had Donovan because he tried to come at 30 weeks and so they actually had to stop the labor and put me on bed rest they're like or you can go to work but you cannot get up i'm like i work at a (laughs) bank (laughs) like i have to get up and so i stopped working and i was at home and i went into labor the day before i was supposed to be induced my water broke while i was taking a nap him interrupting my nap still tracks now. <laughs> um, so I was getting an epidural because my grandma was like, no, you're not doing anything else. You have to get an epidural. She's like, because I wish we would have had those back in the day. You're not going natural. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I got That's an epidural funny. and it failed. It only worked on the left side of my body, and I felt everything on the right side. Oh, wow. I could even move my right foot, and the nurses still didn't believe me. They're like, no, 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 let's just roll it to your right side. Gravity will help you. I'm like, (laughs) it's been four hours. I don't think gravity is going to help me now. And they uh, didn't say they could fix it until 8 p.m., and it was too late. And he was born an hour later. And so I did my whole labor on my back, not being able to move, Mm. but feeling everything. Oh, wow. And after that, I was like, Josh, I don't know if I want another kid. That was awful. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, then we decided to have Gabriel. And I was like, if I could do that without being able to move, I think I can do it without an epidural. I'm like, that's, I don't have to have that. I can, if I do my research, I'll be fine. And his was great. He was perfect. Um, but then here comes Ray Lynn. <laughs> and sweet little Ray Lynn decided to come four weeks early, randomly, at 
11 p.m. at night, my water broke. And I go in the bedroom, turn the light on. I'm like, Josh, my water just broke. And he's like, no, it didn't. He thought I was playing a joke on him. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I'm serious. It just broke. He's like, what? And he was only asleep for 30 minutes <laughs> at that point. Oh. <laughs> he probably hasn't slept since. 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. And so she ended up being breached, but they didn't know it until I was in labor for seven hours. Yeah. And so I ended up having to get a C-section for her. And that was kind of heartbreaking because we had all these plans. It was our last baby and she had her own plans. Mm. But it ended up being fine because I, the best thing, best husband, he uh, surprised me with Hillary and then Lauren Schofield. They both have had C-sections and he had them come up there and visit me in the hospital Aww. to answer any questions or give me support. And it was that, really cute of him. It was awesome. So that was, I was like, and after he left, I was like, Josh, did Hillary reach out to you? He goes, no. no I did it all. Him. I was like, yeah. I started crying because <laughs> of hormones. Yeah. And I mean, as you should, that was like, yeah. It was very, so very thoughtful. Sweet. Very thoughtful. Yeah. 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 Emergency C-sections just, it's, there's a lot of trauma there. So, yeah. 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 But thankfully, she was healthy and, and she safe. Would, and yeah. Yeah. For being four weeks early, she did pretty well, right? Yes. Okay, she was good. eight pounds, two ounces at four weeks, which is my biggest baby. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it was hard, you know, on my body, obviously more pregnancies you have, it's always harder, but then having the C-section and not knowing what to do after that and experiencing that and her being early also was difficult because we had all these different things planned before she was born and none of that mm -hmm. went the right way. And then I started, you know, snapping at my children because I was tired and being cranky and not being able to figure out, you know, what was going on. And then I heard about postpartum rage and I was like, that sounds very familiar. All like me getting <laughs> angry and for no reason whatsoever. And so I ended up being diagnosed with that postpartum rage and anxiety and postpartum depression. And when I uh, actually told my grandma that I started taking medicine for that, she was like, I had to do that. I was like, you did? She was like, I did, but not after having babies. It was because of teaching school. She was mm -hmm. like, with my students, I went to my doctor and I started taking medicine too. I'm like, seriously? I never knew this. That's so funny. And so it has brought up all these different conversations now being honest, you know, about it. Everybody's, there's people like, oh, that sounds familiar. And then they end up getting diagnosed too. And so that, that was kind of a scary topic for me to talk to my doctor about. And yeah, for sure. But it was necessary <laughs> for Josh's sanity and my kids. And mine. Yeah. I was like, like definitely, yeah, definitely mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what I would have ever expected, though, because it's not talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um I I think that talking about it more is just really helpful for people. Just mm -hmm. you know, not not being alone and having that knowledge that it's okay. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. And just more support. 
in a lot of ways. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely something we talked about on your episode, Hillary. How is it yeah. helpful just to hear that other people go through that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I think that, I mean, I think because sometimes you just feel like you're crazy, right? Like you just feel like, well, I'm the only one who's like this and mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? And and it's my fault and I just need to do better. And if I could just try harder, then it would be okay. Um, and so having that support of realizing that there's more that you can do to fix it than just telling yourself do better tomorrow. Um, I think that's been a big thing for me, um, being able to go to therapy, um, and take different medications. Um, I've also found better ways to like take care of myself, Mm -hmm. which has been a big deal too. But yeah, I think that having that support though is just so big, so, so big, both medically, personally, from your family, like all around hearing other people's stories is just very, um, it just, it's almost like wrapping you in this like hug, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you don't have to do it alone anymore. You can just know that somebody else knows what that feels like. And that really... I think it almost gives you permission to feel, you know, like you kind of like squash yourself down mm-hmm. for so long, but then having someone else tell you, oh yeah, I've, I have, I've dealt with that too. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can feel this it's and like, I can I'm work allowed. through it. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think I saw something the other day about how neurodivergence shouldn't be an excuse, but that we should find a way to, like, we shouldn't excuse our behavior or ourselves because of different mental health issues, but we should get support for making it through Mm. those things. Mm. And I liked that a lot because I think that, I don't know, in my mind, that's part of why some of these mental health things are portrayed so negatively is because people think that it's being used as an excuse. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm going to stay in bed today because I have depression or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this, that's not an excuse. It's, it's, it's real. Yeah. So I think that that's been helpful for me to remember too, that like, if I have a bad day with my kids, like I'm not going to use it as an excuse. I'm going to find a way to learn and grow through it instead of saying, oh, yeah, I had a I had a bad day today. So sorry, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that knowing you, I know that that's been your experience, too. So, mm-hmm. Do you yeah. feel like you've been able to pull through it? And if so, you know, how did you accomplish that? Um. So I'm still working on it, but I uh, just talking about it and, you know, talking about it with my friends and also just looking at different podcasts and listening to different videos yeah. and learning different ways that can help. And I've also been honest with my kids. Yeah, they're five and three, but that's the they're old enough to hear those type of topics. You know, they have hard days. And so I I'm always, you know, honest and like, hey, mom had a really bad day. I'm sorry that I yelled at you or I'm sorry this happened. And we're going to do better tomorrow. Yeah. And I think just, you know, owning up to it and telling them, hey, since I've had Ray Lynn, I, my emotions are a roller coaster and I'm sorry, but I love you and everything will be okay. And I think Donovan has definitely taken note of that uh-huh. and recognized it. Gosh, I, uh, I definitely as a, a physician, I, see a lot of people, you know, that we end up diagnosing with postpartum depression. And 
I have to admit, like, this is a silly admission, but I've never used the diagnosis postpartum rage. And this is like where a comedian sets up a joke and they're like, you're going to be offended by this, by the- <laughs> but, <laughs> but don't be. But, um, man, it, it's kind of a, a word that it, it sounds so bad, but it perfectly encapsulates what you deal with and feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. It is. <laughs> Even 10 years later, huh? Oh, <laughs> I, I think there should be a separate diagnosis of like dad rage because I think dad rage is a legit <laughs> Yes. I will say, th- I think that there's Teenage some postpartum men's health that gets ignored. So, I, yeah. 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 Anyway, I think there's also this this category of dad rage that comes up when mom has already done her thing and the kids still have not figured it out. That's when dad rage happens. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Listen to your mother. (laughs) But, you know, that dad rage usually ends up saving the day. So it 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 does, but it leads to a lot of I'm sorry. And that was overboard. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of pain and regret. Uh, a lot <laughs> of like regret. A lot of sorries afterwards. So <laughs> I don't know. Some some parents have figured things out. I just don't know who they are. Um, <laughs> oh, that was great. All right. I, I'm going to go totally random thing here that wasn't on the list. So, yeah, random question that you didn't have time to prepare for. But okay. you are from the South. Totally random Southern question. What is your favorite grandma name used in the South and why? (laughs) (laughs) So I have a Mimi and a Mamal. Um, But I've heard of Wawa was one. Um, And Nana is super popular. I've also heard of, what was another one? Lolly. I think Lolly, like Lollipop, but just Lolly. Oh, wow. Was one. (laughs) Those are probably the most, the weirdest. I mean, there's Grammy and Meemaw. I think Meemaw is a weird one. It definitely yeah, brings I out Southern. I don't think I've ever heard Meemaw. Oh, you haven't heard Meemaw? I don't, Meemaw. yeah. Meemaw is, know. okay, see. I never heard of Mamaw. The weird one for oh, you. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Mamaw's, yeah. yeah. Probably we were one. Grandma Charlene, Grandma Aggie, like that first was name, us Grandma too. first name, Grandpa yes. first name. So oh. We didn't have yep. anything that's Grandpa. That's what it was. See, Meemaw was my favorite. Like, it technically, some people don't claim Florida is the South, but I still, like, think the there's South. a lot of Southern culture there. But, um, yeah, I just remember so many people saying, Meemaw always said, uh-huh. you know, that was one of the favorite <laughs> phrases. Yeah, it brings out that Southern. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. what What's your fa- favorite Southern grandma name, Camille? I, I, I'd probably, I think, I like the sound of Mama. I think it just yeah. sounds yeah. like very. That's so funny. I know my my mom who listens to this podcast, so we'll just see if she actually does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she she tried to make Gigi a thing. Oh yeah, I've heard Gigi. that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that one's cute. It, Gigi. Yeah. Did it catch on with you, Owen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, they, they so call they her Gigi. so they call her Gigi. So I guess it did catch on a little bit. What about you, Hillary? You like any of them? Oh, man. I mean, they're all I really mean, funny. You lived unique. in Texas. Is this? I did the, live in yeah. Texas. That's true. Um, honestly, we didn't hear a ton of the weird ones, though. Like, I, yeah. it was mostly like the Nana, Nana, and um, yeah, Nana and Mimi. That was kind of like mostly what we heard. But yeah, I didn't ever hear anything more creative than that. But yeah, I feel like Nana's really classic. So yeah, that's yeah. Good. Are 
in our family, we same as you, Camille. Like it's just Grandma Joyce, Grandma Anne. Like it's mm-hmm. just yeah. Grandma first name. So, but it's been funny because our like my parents and Justin's parents are like, oh yeah, we need our grandparent names. <laughs> it's like you do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's been fun though. Like my father in law is Poppy. My dad is Papa. Um, and my mother in law cannot think of what grandma name she wants. So she's and my mom is mama jill but we still just they still just call her grandma too so but yeah but it's fun it's kind of fun to like have yeah. these different grandparent names it's like yeah my my dad for my kids is papa doug just oh, because nice. owen or levi oh, yeah. true levi didn't say grandpa well he just was saying yeah papa. i mean it's kind of hard and then but like all my siblings kids call him grandpa doug so it's just kind of he's got two <laughs> different names for all the different families. So. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, actually, so this this gives us a chance to talk about something else too. And maybe we'll name the episode this. I don't know yet. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of families. Click, you know, clickbait alert, right? Um, <clears throat> which I'm not opposed to the clickbait. I will do it if it gets more listeners. It's fine. Um, my dad is my brother. Explain. <laughs> um. So legally, my dad is my brother, but biologically, it's not. He's actually my dad. Um, So like I was saying, my grandparents, they got custody of me when I was three. And when I was in eighth grade, they adopted me. And those are his parents. And so legally, (laughs) we're siblings. And so it was just, it became this joke when... Any uh, English paper I had to write that had to be about you, I always titled it, My Dad is My Brother. <laughs> and like my the, teacher would always, yeah. yes, my teacher would always be like, uh, Reagan? <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, there's a story. <laughs> and so I'm not from Arkansas. I don't have that joke. I'm not actually brother and sister, but it's just legally. And so for years after that, I would send my cousins your aunt says happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and like I would send my brothers, your aunt. And it just it just became funny. Um, but yeah, it's because my grandparents, you'll hear me call them my parents because that's what they are. So yeah, my parents adopted me and my dad became my brother. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Um, All right, uh, hold on. This is totally off the subject, but it's a Southern thing, I think, with the Pepsi or Coke. Definitely not Pepsi. Coke is any kind of soda, (laughs) Uh right? Yeah. Yeah. So So if you ask for a Coke, you want a Dr. Pepper, usually. Yeah. Most people don't want Coke. It's usually Yeah, they want something else. Mm -hmm. I just think it's funny. Yeah. I saw that y'all had Pepsi in there, and I'm like, uh uh. That was for, I think, a previous. (laughs) That was the John John Sperry asked for that one. So awesome. It's not a very popular drink over here. We need to like name this. (laughs) We need to name this fridge because it's become the connection fridge, basically. (laughs) It's like whatever liquid you prefer, we put in that. So yeah, one of the colleges I went to, that's funny to say, um, (laughs) but (laughs) they were Pepsi for a long time and it was a huge deal when they finally turned over to Coke and got Dr. Pepper because Mm -hmm. everybody wanted Dr. Pepper, but if they were a Pepsi college for a while, that's funny. Yeah, definitely not Pepsi. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) 
Well, Hillary, what other questions did you have? Well, I mean, obviously, we need to ask whether you're a Taylor Swift fan and you're. Oh, yes. Oh, we, need, we need that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a diehard Taylor Swift fan. Okay. So you um, would not classify yourself a Swifty? Probably not. Okay. But I used to jam out to her first few albums in middle okay. school. At like so you three prefer more of like loud. okay you yeah. prefer more of the country Taylor yes. than like the more mo- okay yeah once she started going like all poppy I stopped yeah. listening to her okay I've listened to her most recent um, Taylor what do you, was it called? see that shows I can't even name them um, there's well the, so she's re-released a bunch yeah, of albums under one. Taylor's version Taylor's so, version that's yeah. what it was yeah I've Taylor's version first fearless one. yeah okay that yeah that's a good one. So occasionally I get in the mood. Honestly, and I don't remember what Josh's answer was. He is more of a Swifty than I am. He will deny it, but (laughs) the amount of times that he rocked out to Taylor Swift in his truck back home. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I want to picture Josh riding his electric bike. (laughs) (laughs) I think this was back when we lived in St. Louis. And Taylor Swift had been a thing for maybe a year or two. I might have my years wrong, but Jason came in the room and he's like, I just heard like the greatest like songs by this girl named Taylor Swift. Have you heard of her? I was like, are you serious right now? (laughs) That is like so two years old. Well, he was just like, oh, my gosh, I found the greatest music artist. Like her stuff is really good. The other part of that story, too, was I, I found out that people like had really divisive opinions on Taylor Swift. That's true. And I was like, I don't know what people have against Taylor Swift. She seems great. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) i love that okay which you know she seems actually pretty great in a lot of ways you know it's true yeah hot take alert (laughs) um, although most i would say most guests on the podcast are taylor swift fans at least you know leaning that way um what what else do you want to ask about camille so you like to learn new recipes but also, you like to read books. Yes. What kind of books do you like to read? Um. So I'm a huge romance okay. reader. Uh, so I like fantasy romance. I like any type of fantasy, sometimes science fiction. Do not give me any ho- historical stuff, though. I cannot read that. Um, but yeah, mainly right now it's been romance. Okay. And then, yes, I yeah. love to cook. Do you like cooking or baking or? I am not the baker. Not that the is baker. Josh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can, I can bake a little bit, but it has to come out of a box. So I don't know if that counts. <laughs> so I, I'm 100% with you because <laughs> yeah. I feel like baking is very sciencey and exact. Yep. And cooking feels like art you know just yes. throw in a little bit. If it's not good, throw in a little more. Yeah, you usually can fix it. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. You can't fix baking. No. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. If the cookie that's tastes funny at the end, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> We've yeah, had that happen. Really, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love I love cooking. <laughs> do you? Yes. What's like your favorite? Like I know you make really good fried chicken. Yeah, I do make good fried chicken. I need to no, We have French advertised fries. this hard. People are going to be knocking on their chicken. door now. Like, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of the next ward social is Regan can make fried chicken for the whole ward. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll need a bigger fryer. <laughs> oh, I'm totally dating. I think but we I just thought of a better, like, a better social. Yeah, the fried chicken. 
Let's yeah, forget southern. forget Ooh, Thanksgiving. Southern night. Like turkey, we need fried chicken. Oh yeah. You know what? Forget about the Mormon stereotypes thing. That's done. We're gonna do <laughs> a southern night. Yeah, southern but we night. need to throw yeah. in some funeral potatoes because those are pretty. I mean, good. that goes with southern. Food. It, does. it does. So it's it yeah. just a potato yes. casserole. I'm yeah. sure you've had it. I don't eat under potatoes, a different so. name. <laughs> well, Reagan, it's well, no French fries. Oh, yeah. you French fries. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, so one of my favorite recipes, let's see. I mean, I love making red beans and rice because it's just so easy. It's just throw in a crock pot. And it's like kind of a comfort food for me. And then fried fish. I love doing fried fish. That's a, another good one. And anything Mexican. Give me fried bread tacos or uh, we've been on a fajita kick recently. I love making fajitas. Yeah, I could go on. I That's awesome. honestly, all the food I make is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I have probably like thirty recipes that I rotate between, and I like them all. That's really cool. Nice. I have to get your fajita recipe. That sounds yes. good. I will. That sounds good. I'll right. put it in the note. I think I shared with you of all my hey, recipes. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> We're set. <laughs> Hillary, anything else you wanted to get into? I admit, I I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was one other one that I was meant to ask about but oh yeah so you were mentioning that you are back in college we didn't finish talking about this though what are you working on studying now i am in business administration okay so i have only two more classes for so i'm going through byu idaho through their pathway program but because i had so many credits i got to skip the first three years and so i am doing just the business courses. I don't have to take anything else. Uh, I didn't even have to take religion courses, which surprised me. That is surprising. Uh, I guess because they're like, you have enough credits, you're fine. So I'm in business administration. I will be getting my, uh, what is it? Administrative assistant certificate after fall semester. Okay. And since I'm only taking two courses every semester and I've decided to take off summer semester is that what it's called it always throws me off yeah because there's does four you're, yeah no three sorry yeah. yeah i can't remember but yeah they do it different uh yeah. the one that's in the summer i am taking off because i <laughs> took it last year and i took it off for having raylin and i like not having classes when my kids do not have school so i'm only doing two semesters a year so it's gonna take me and i think i will finish in like 2026 which okay. is a pretty long time, but I'm not in a rush. So yeah. it doesn't awesome. matter. Um, yeah. And are you enjoying that? Like you've talked about yes. like science before was fun, but are you, you're enjoying the business administration then? I am loving it, actually. That's great. I, I realized when I used to work at destination events um, with the Westovers and I worked in their office and I realized I loved hearing them do the business side and it kind of implanted that in me and I lit a spark. Yes, it that's did. awesome. Yes, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And the courses are fun. I'm taking one this upcoming semester that's a design course and I get to learn Photoshop. So oh, that's I so cool. So excited. That's super fun. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah. Oh, great. Let's do rapid fire here and we're right about at time. So you're learning about you becoming expert in computers organization favorite color is teal or turquoise yep why why that 
So I always liked blue and green growing up. And just as I've gotten older, I have mixed the two. <laughs> and so I wear a lot of blue, a lot of gray. But then when I had Raylan and found out I was having a girl, I'm like, I need to incorporate some girly colors. And so I've kind of just made it more girly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like it. There's really no That's reason. Awesome. I just enjoy blue. <laughs> Favorite calling in the church so far has been bullet, uh, bulletin coordinator. Like that That's looks really like, funny to me. I yeah. love that. Is that because it like sparked that organization bug for you, or what? What was it about that calling nose? So that was my first calling. Okay, and I don't know why he gave me that calling. I think part of it we were in a small branch, and that was all that was available. Mm-hmm. But I think it was also to get me out of my comfort zone and to meet people and kind of learn how sacrament meeting runs and learn how just the church works and i enjoyed it because it was just fun getting to call everybody every week and say hey what are the hymns for sunday who's speaking and it was also just kind of sentimental being my first calling yeah (laughs) yeah i could see that but i like the call i like being in relief society it's a it's a big calling (laughs) i was very shocked when you called me to be with relief society (laughs) presidency but i enjoy it I enjoy it. Well, let's let's go to our last question, if it sounds okay, guys. Yep. Um, we always end the same way. What role has being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints played in you developing a relationship with Christ? So I was actually talking with Josh about this one last night, and I was like, I don't know how to answer the last question. And he just laughs. He's like, how? I was like, I don't know. And he goes, well, look around you. Everything in this house, your kids, your husband, all of that is because of the role Jesus Christ has in your life. You are here because of that. I was like, maybe that's why I have such an issue with answering the question. Because literally everything in my life, all of my friends, my family, what I do is because of my relationship with Christ. I would not be here if I wouldn't have joined the church. I would not have this life. And, you know, developing that has led me to be who I am today, what I'm doing, um, how I inspire others. And it's also made me closer to him because I've had to rely on him so much. And, you know, like I I knew him growing up, but I... Uh, I don't think I had an actual relationship. I don't remember praying. I don't, you know, remember learning from scriptures about, you know, what he did. And so since we focus, I feel like our church focuses so much more on Christ. They probably did in other churches when I was going to them. I just didn't pay attention. But I feel like we focus so much on it. It has made me focus more on it and learn more about him and his teachings. So good. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming on. Uh, We had a great time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Connection Podcast as much as we love making it. 
I wanted to say a special thank you to everybody who's sending us encouraging messages or sharing the podcast on social media. For a lot of you, we're sending some swag your way. Thank you again. A special favor for anybody that's listening. If you enjoyed what you listened to, just like and subscribe. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye.